Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. Well, it's the start of a new year, and like everybody else who writes or comments about events, I want to look back at 2016 and consider some of the events that occurred in that troubled year. And as you might imagine, I want to do it through the lens of manhood. I I look back at this year and I see most of the major events as a cry for an answer, a cry for noble manhood, a cry for a movement of great and character-oriented and magnificent manhood as an answer to the problems of our time. Consider just for a moment the election we've just been through in the United States, the presidential election. Issues of manhood were on trial uh, and on display almost every day from Donald Trump's antics and that horrible video that had him speaking so crassly about women uh, to the debates in which Bill Clinton's former conquests were put on display uh, to men being knocked off balance, even good and principled men being knocked off balance by crass discussions of penises and hand size and so on so that they embarrassed themselves in the election. It was a sad display of the lowest state of manhood and what poor, uh, uncharacter-oriented, unprincipled manhood can be like. I've already made the point many times on this podcast that when we watch ISIS and all of the devastations of ISIS in the world, what are we watching? We are watching a movement that basically is a movement of young, unfathered, untethered, angry men who are given a chance to buy into an ideology, have in essence a band of brothers in terms of the unity of ISIS, uh, given an opportunity for conquest, given an opportunity for sex, given an opportunity to uh, make wealth, uh, given a great cause to be committed to. That's what every young man wants. It's a false version of an answer for a man's soul, but nevertheless, it's working for those who have been in ISIS. And even though ISIS is in decline is and is about to be defeated, still we need to remember it and think about it as essentially not a movement of valiant uh, Islamic extremist warriors, but rather young men who were captured by a false and empty cause. Whether we're talking about riots in the malls that occurred in the United States during this last Christmas season, or the sex abuse that's happening against women around the country, whatever we seem to be talking about, whatever's hitting the news, it almost all comes back to a need for noble, valiant manhood. It comes back to the fact that we have lost in Western culture um, the, the value, the ideal of men being good men, of them having a role to play, of them uh, serving well and caring for themselves and doing the things they are made to do, uh, not only to perpetuate noble manhood through the generations, but also to heal and protect the society that we have today. Now, I realize that some of you might be saying, well, Mansfield thinks of everything in terms of manhood. You know, it's like uh, a hammer thinks that every problem is a nail. <laughs> And it just hits the thing. But I really do think that we've seldom had a time in which the main events of the news are not crying out like they are now for 
uh, noble manhood and for a movement of great manhood, as I call it. And, and, and what, what would be required in such a movement? What is it that we need to know? I want to put this uh, right on those of you who are listening, not just those of you who are male, but the many women who listen to this podcast and are raising sons or are married to men or date men or are around men or have a position of influence in companies and what have you where you can be of influence. This is a cause all of us ought to be buying into because, because the first principle that we need to be embracing is the idea that manhood comes with a calling. It comes with an obligation. It's not just a gender. It's not just body parts. Uh, It is an actual calling. I'm speaking as a Christian, of course, because that's what I am. But even if you're a secular uh, atheist listening to this, uh, manhood comes with certain obligations, with certain strings attached, uh, with certain uh, duties and devotions that we ought to be about. And that's understanding that is the beginning of a restoration of the kind of manhood that will make a difference in our world and the kind of manhood we have lost. Again, manhood is not just body parts. Uh, it's, it's, it's not just being a certain gender. It is a recognition of the power and the nobility of manhood in the service of others uh, in the role that men have to play in society. And it's the abandonment of those roles that have caused so many problems. And so that leads us to the understanding that men have both needs and obligations. Yes, men have needs. Uh, yes, there is a, there are peculiar, unique needs that men have. And part of being a man is knowing how to take care of that, how to deal with those needs. I'm not just talking about sex here. Uh, how to deal with a man's need for the wild and for the rowdy and maybe for the controlled violent, which is what sports basically is, how men need each other, etc. At the same time, uh, men taking care of those needs allows them then uh, to fulfill the obligations that they have in society. So you understand then, number one, that manhood comes with certain obligations, certain duties, certain responsibilities. And, and then number two among those is that a man learns how to take care of himself, that he, that, he, that he knows the uniqueness of a man. He knows how men nurture each other. He knows uh, what he needs, and he doesn't expect women or society to provide those things, and he certainly doesn't seek to have them provided in inappropriate ways. Um, for example, I see things like ISIS and street gangs as inappropriate ways for men to fulfill their need for belonging and for controlled violence and for the wild. You see what I'm talking about. Uh, a man also understands that he needs other men, that he's got a team with other men, that he's got to be connected to other men, that other men are helping him become another man. Noble manhood is a team sport. It's not something you do on your own. It's not something you can do alone. And the isolation of men today is what's causing so many problems. Many of you listening, of the thousands and thousands who listen to this podcast, many of you are men who are walking alone. You don't have other men connected to you at a meaningful level. They can't speak into your life. They can't help you become a better man. You haven't allowed them in the door, so to speak. Um, you haven't you haven't created that free fire zone uh, where men can uh, help each other be more effective. And by the way, some of the people who help me the most be a man are, are women, my daughter, my wife, my female friends. Uh, don't just think it's all about uh, men banding together and pulling away from women. It's not. But men need other men. And part of the reason they need other men, this is my next point, is that there is a code that men are meant to observe. There's a code of honor. There's a code of behavior. Uh, there's a code of, uh, of how to conduct ourselves in this world. And once that code is identified and agreed to, then other 
other men are necessary. Other people are necessary uh, to help a man live out that noble code. Uh, I love that in the military, uh, often my military friends will say of a man they don't respect, he has no code. And that means a lot to me. Uh, They don't mean to be critical and harsh. They're just saying, look, I'm watching this guy. He has no code. He has no code that says he needs to be noble. He has no code that says he needs to be uh, tell the truth. He has no code that says he needs to honor the fathers. He has no code that says he needs to pass the heritage on to the next generation. He lives without code. He lives without ethics. He lives without uh, feeling him and living out his obligations. That's what they mean. Men have a code. Now, as a Christian, uh, I believe that that code comes from God and is rooted in Scripture. And, uh, and then, of course, other things of lore and heritage are added to it in ways that ennoble us. Um, and others of you, I re- realize I have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are not Christians. And so still, whether you're uh, Jewish and listening, or I have some Muslim friends who listen to this podcast regularly and subscribe, I have atheist friends who listen, still there is a code that comes from heritage, that comes from faith, that comes from the noble lore of being a man. And that's what we have to perfect. And so a man then takes responsibility for himself. He doesn't, he doesn't look to society or to the women in his life uh, or, or to others uh, around him as though they are obligated to make him what he needs to be. He, he recognizes what he is and what he isn't, what his past has prepared him to be and what, it, what his past has uh, damaged, and he takes responsibility for it. And that's when change begins. He takes responsibility, he embraces a code, he looks to other men, and he begins to live out noble manhood. And of course, once he accepts that understanding, even while he's in progress in his own masculine journey, so to speak, he also recognizes his obligation to boys. Boys in the Western world today are in horrible trouble, horrible trouble. And uh, it's the responsibility of men to model for them, to train them, to teach them, to initiate them, and to launch them uh, into the nobility of being righteous men. And I want to say this, even though it's going to sound a bit self-serving, and that is that one of the reasons I'm saying this today is I don't just want to reinforce lessons that I've spoken about before uh, for men. I want to challenge all of you who are listening to, uh, on this score. What are you doing to help extend the message and the meaning and the life of noble manhood? It can be as simple as as having a Super Bowl party and pulling some men together. It can be as simple as a as a gathering in your living room. It can be as simple as taking some guys hunting, fishing, uh, on a jog, uh, starting a little racquetball tournament amongst some guys, and and talking about noble manhood when you get some pasta afterwards or carbo load before or whatever it is you do. Um, some of you are business owners. You need to have events that help the men in your business. Why not? Why not make that part of your corporate retreat? Uh, why not make uh, uh, men's groups and 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 the growth of men. And, and of course, then women on the other side too, are not just not trying to be bigoted here. Both need it, but I'm just specializing uh, in the issue of men because I'm not qualified to speak to women. But why not fund events? Of course, church leaders. One of the main reasons we talk about churches is that churches are the main organizations in our society that actually budget for men's events. It's it's part of what the how they reach out. But but the military needs to be doing it. Companies need to be doing it. Universities need to be doing it. Um, and there, there, there are funds available for that. So 
What are you doing in this year from the vantage point that you have? Maybe you're just a, a, a guy working a job and, and you got a house. Well, you can still begin to talk to your son, talk to the young men in the neighborhood, pull men together, talk to the guys you work out with. Hey, how do you see manhood? And are you walking alone? And maybe we could talk about a few things. Maybe we could read a book, you know, and, and discuss it and, um, or, or at your church or with your company or with your unit. I mean, these are things that will fix what's going on in our society. Men don't need to walk alone. They need to be bound together. And I, I, so I urge you to do a couple, three things. If you're a male, look around and, and, and evaluate, am I walking alone? And, and first of all, I would say probably the better question to ask is, am I pursuing a vision of noble manhood? And where does that vision come from? What, what shapes my understanding of what my manhood is? Second of all, am I lo- walking alone in it? And then third of all, how can I team with other people to perpetuate this, to extol this, to expand this, to bring young boys into it, to reach out to other men? I want to enlist all of you in the cause of great and noble manhood. What are you doing? How are you walking? Don't let cool, don't let cultural boundaries of privacy and, and uh, you know, mores of, oh gosh, I would, I would never ask questions like that. I would never delve into such details uh, in a person's life. We are at a desperate moment regarding manhood in the Western world, and particularly in the United States. And all of you who are listening to this, I urge you to take some step, even if it's only within your own family or with your own two or three friends or in a small way, you might think it could make a massive difference. And those of you who have greater reach, some of you who listen to this in Congress, you're pastors of gigantic churches, you run huge companies, uh, you run nonprofits. What are you doing to expand and to be of impact on this issue of men in our generation. If 2016 deposits us in 2017 with any sense of mandate at all, it is that we are a people in crisis regarding manhood, that it's fixable, that now is the time, and we are the people to do it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.